Thank you for listening to the only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You can find all of our episodes at pharmacypodcast.com. My name is Tyrone Squires, founder of Transparent RX, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Hey, Pharmacy Podcast show listener. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode of the Pharmacy Podcast. My name is Todd Yuri. I'm the host and founder of the Pharmacy Podcast. Excited about today's show with Mr. Tyrone Squires. He concentrates on the pharmacy benefit management industry, and he believes that through fiduciary practices, uh, PBM services and costs can be reduced. He also runs a PBM called Transparent RX. Looking forward to talking with Mr. Tyrone Squires. Before that, I want to talk to you also about an upcoming show with a Pittsburgh-based company called Ovation RCS. Excited to be interviewing their president um, and just want to make a note to the upcoming show, Revenue Cycle Management remains a core function in our healthcare system. It only grows more difficult as the traditional payment model shifts to alternative arrangements and financial responsibility shifts to the patient. Patients have larger co-pays now, so that's going to eat at some of the revenue uh, opportunities for uh, health system pharmacies as well as hospitals. There are really three ways initially as you dig down into improving your revenue cycle. You should be identifying your key metrics, which I, what I mean by is like that benchmarking is an important tool, but it should be viewed as a customizable tool. Um, and that is you have to uh, you know, pick three, five uh, different me- metrics of what you're concentrating on in your organization and select specific metrics that will drive performance improvement. You know, each of your organizations are different. It might be a, a larger pharmacy, a small chain pharmacy. There are core metrics that can reveal a revenue cycle's health. You're looking to look at your bad debt and write-offs. Reduction in these areas will invariably drive improvement. And there's still room for improvement in your revenue cycle. When you think about uh, what you're concentrating on, uh, revenues coming in, um, what's going out, what claims you're following up on, um, there are organizations out there that we know that can help you actually manage this. And you should also think about embracing the power of your people. Uh, Those are people on your team that are very good at revenue cycle management and uh, then there's ones that are are more of uh, your coders. But regardless, um, you think about your pharmacy claims Uh, pre and post editing which is I think a big important part of this and you focus on your workplace optimization uh, that is uh, employees impact that uh, claims uh, being paid for and follow up with your pharmacy management system as well as with your switch and if you can track that someone does it well um, and finding out to elevate that individual might be a technician on your team that's just good at it follow up with it Communicate with your switch, communicate with your pre and post editing services. It is not just how many cases an employee really touches, um, but how many they resolve. Uh, Work to optimize employee performance and the infrastructure that will support effective outcomes. And that's the future uh, podcast upcoming called, uh, once again, the name of the company is Ovation RCS. Excited about that interview. But today's interview, let's talk about PBMs again. We did a show earlier 
with Kelly Kovac, and we talked about kind of the changing scope of how PBMs fit into our healthcare system and how customizable PBM services are available, um, including uh, Transparent RX, uh, Mr. Tyrone Squires, and we're excited about this interview. So let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast, welcoming Mr. Tyrone Squires. He's been in the PBM managed care and pharmacy industries for over 12 years, and he has started and operated PBM businesses, uh, processing, outsourcing firms, retail and mail order pharmacies. He understands the business. He understands both sides of the business. And uh, we had a podcast that we interviewed uh, Wes Chapman. Uh, he's a pharmacy owner. He sits on the board of directors of Pharmacists United for Truth and Transparency. And uh, I've been following um, Mr. Squires here for about three years through LinkedIn. I think he has a lot of intelligence about the industry. And being someone who operates pharmacies but also a pharmacy benefit manager, I think is going to bring a lot of insight to the subject of uh, transparency in the world of pharmacy benefit management. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast, Tyrone. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Todd. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So, big uh, podcast we released uh, uh, a little bit ago with uh, Mr. West Chapman, and we were talking about transparency. I got a lot of uh, Twitter responses. I got a lot of feedback through LinkedIn, lots of follow-up questions. And I reached out to you because I've been following you for a while. I understand you under, you really see things from both sides. So before we get started, give the listeners a little background on yourself and your businesses and your model. Yeah, uh, sure. I, um, I initially started in the pharmaceutical industry as a pharmaceutical sales rep uh, with Eli Lilly. Uh, and after some success in the field, uh, I went inside uh, to the corporate offices uh, for a period of time, and my initial uh, job was negotiating uh, rebates with PBMs from the manufacturer standpoint, right? So Eli Lilly is the manufacturer, uh, and we negotiated uh, rebates um, with PBMs for putting our products uh, on their on their formulary. So eventually, I got the entrepreneurial bug, seeing it from a patient perspective, uh, initially out in the field, and then going inside, getting more of a, a business uh, f- feel. Uh, you know, in terms of relationships between PBMs and manufacturers, I got the entrepreneurial bug. So I said, you know, uh, I could probably um, help some folks out uh, by being a uh, a transparent. Uh, 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 pharmacy. So uh, I left Eli Lilly, uh, started uh, uh, a mail order pharmacy, uh, prescription giant, uh, and then uh, you know the relationship from you know from a manufacturer standpoint uh, with the PBM is completely di- different than that from a pharmacy. Uh, it was a uh, it was a shocker uh, for me, just to say, say the least you know, when we started to get the reimbursements and things like that. Uh, so uh, then we decided, and it was a part of our original business plan. So then we decided um, we, we were gonna perfect how to be a, a pharmacy, and then we're gonna expand our business by becoming a PBM and not just a traditional PBM, 
but then a transparent PBM. Uh, but, but then when we started doing that, we learned everyone considered themselves transparent. So how could we differentiate ourselves? We want, want to be a fiduciary PBM. Uh, so that's what's uh, got me here today. Yeah, I, uh, I think the the buzz term, as you um, talked to me before we kind of started the interview about uh, about transparency and what that means. You know, we had feedback on our previous interview uh, from uh, Dr. Adam Fine with Drug Channels. Uh, he's a he's a pharmacy economic expert, uh, very mathematical, uh, very analytical. I like some of uh, obviously what he uh, has to say about the industry from a facts perspective. Um, he asked the question about the interview: Why do pharmacy owners care about PBM transparency? So I'd love the listeners to, from your perspective, why do you think pharmacy owners care about PBM transparency? Well, um, they, they care about PBM transparency uh, because uh, it affords them uh, the opportunity to take care of patients, right? Uh, first and foremost, you have to have fair reimbursements uh, uh, in order to take care of patients first. Uh, and then, the, you know, it can go both ways. Some owners, you know, they want to take care of employees first because the employees take care of patients. Some owners, uh, and, and I agree with, with both sides, and then some owners want to take care of, of, of patients first. But having clear guidelines for reimbursement allows pharmacies, as I've mentioned, to take care of both of employees and patients. Fair, clear guidelines for reimbursement or, or, or payment for dispersed prescription medications. That's first and foremost. Now, from uh, an employer perspective or payer perspective, uh, you know, it gets a little bit deeper. And, and this is why, Todd, I say um, as pharmacy owners and, and self-insured employers, We've got to move beyond transparency and require a fiduciary standard from, uh, from PBMs, right? So from a payer perspective, uh, transparency or fiduciary standards is, is important, one, because of cost, but there's also ancillary benefits as well. If payers pay too much for pharmaceutical products, uh, then eventually they're going to ask patients to pay more. And if patients pay more, we know that once a ceiling is reached of about 200 to 250 bucks out of pocket, patients stop taking their medications, right? They become non-adherent because the out-of-cost uh, share is too high. So pharmacies lose money, right? Because patients aren't coming to get their medications refilled or, or even filled, uh, Patients don't even feel the first scripts sometimes because of cost, uh, let alone the, the refill. So patients become non-adherent. When patients become non-adherent, inpatient and outpatient hospital costs go up. Huh. Right. So, 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 so we, we've got to move beyond transparency and, and reach for the fiduciary standard because Every PBM is going to say that they're transparent. Not to say that you're transparent is essentially a business death sentence. So every PBM is going to say that they're transparent. 
there's just different definitions for transparency. There is no, no ambiguity in the definition for a fiduciary standard. It's a really good uh, closing the cycle, closing the loop. Um, to, um, to, to that buzzword of transparency and what that means to the entire healthcare system and the in- tremendous amount of pressure that's placed on the system itself in order to pay for these services. And like you said, once you reach that threshold that you've studied through many white papers that you've put out as well as the untold truth of how PBMs make money, which is another white paper you put out, you're basically saying hey, if, if the provider and the payer don't, if they don't come together and build a mousetrap that you can put the, the, the patient into comfortably, from, especially from a financial perspective, it's going to collapse on itself because they're going to stop taking their meds because they can't afford to take their meds. Yeah, and, and it's a vicious cycle, uh, right? You know, the, the outcomes uh, don't improve. Uh, uh, em- empl- employers uh, spend more than necessary uh, to offer the benefit, and then pharmacies lose out. Um, you know, in terms of potentially uh, lower reimbursements, but then also uh, a shortage of revenue because those patients don't come back uh, to get those prescriptions either filled or refilled. So, to your point. Um, we've got to find a win-win for all stakeholders. So we have our pharma manufacturers. We have the um, the pharmacy itself. We have the plan sponsor, and we have the pharmacy benefit manager. Um, there's brand discount parameters, generic discount parameters. There's spread pricing parameters. There's the rebates there's fees, there's administration. Uh, to me, and seeing it from you know the, the perspective of only really being in this for about 11 years, it's changing so much of how that's all being managed. So in modern day, um, Tyrone, what do you say to a provider per se, an independent pharmacy provider, to how to educate themselves better, but also become more involved in this entire process? Well, I think you've got to have uh, strong uh, systems in place. uh, And you've you've got to be um, closely monitoring, uh, you know, your your data. You've got to have strong systems in place uh, and closely monitoring your data, and then also looking for, and I, I, it's just the reality. Uh, you, you've got to have, and, and look, let me just be honest with, with you, Todd. Um, ph- pharmaceuticals right now are uh, what I consider a loss leader, right? Pharmaceuticals bring patients into the pharmacy and uh, and, and you break even, and then ideally uh, you could offer some additional services or products to those patients uh, with the number one goal of helping them, but then two, driving revenue, right? You know, so uh, because PBMs have gotten so large and you, you just can't, you can't do business 
uh, without that relationship, uh, you know, you've got to look for additional revenue sources outside of pharmaceuticals to be able to continue to grow your business, uh, you know, give employees pay raises, uh, stock your inventory so that when a patient does come in, you have it on hand, uh, right? That, that's just the nature of our business today. Uh, but let me just say, it's still exciting. It, it's, it's an opportunity to think outside of the box. You know, don't let the PBM side go. Uh, you know, just have strong systems in place, eliminate waste. Uh, don't be afraid to call your PBM and ask for a better discount. Don't, don't be afraid to do that. Uh, uh, negotiate one, you know, one-to-one -one with, with your PBM. Uh, you know, so to, to your question, uh, you know, that's what we gotta do, better systems, uh, you know, monitor your data, uh, you know, mine your data, and then look for additional sources of revenue to grow your business and help patients. So you you wrote a white paper, as I have already alluded to, the Payer's Guide to Managing Pharmacy Costs, and you write at length about the self-funded employers requiring a fiduciary standard from their PBM. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, what are the implications? Well, uh, let, let me back up and, and let me give you what I have as three definitions for, for transparency. And then I'm gonna give you uh, my definition. You won't find it in, in Merriam's you know, <laughs> Webster Dictionary, right? Okay. You're not gonna find it there. But let me give you the, my definition of, of, of transparency. There's three different levels. Uh, uh, f first, let me back up. PBMs have three different business models, right? There's the fully integrated, which you have with, uh, uh, with Caremark, owning a national retail chain as well as the PBM. And now you have the same business model uh, with, with Rite Aid uh, and, and their acquisition uh, of Envision, right? right? And you've got, you got semi-integrated, uh, which is your Express Scripts, doesn't own uh, uh, any retail pharmacies, but owns a mail order pharmacy. And then you've got what I consider uh, a pure play. Uh, doesn't own any retail, doesn't own any mail order, and that would be your med impacts of the world, right? So, th th you know, those are the big players, right? So three different business models, and the implications are different for all, all three. Now, in terms of transparency, doesn't matter which business model the PBM is, the transparency levels can be different, all right? Level one uh, is where the PBM uh, shares with its payer client, the self-funded employer, the discount, right? So this AWP minus, you know, whatever. That's level one, and that's the least transparent uh, or least amount of transparency that you're going to get. Where in the contract, you just have AWP minus a certain amount of discount. I could, I could talk ad nauseum of, about that and the implications of it, but, but let, let me just say it opens the payer up to excessive remuneration for PBM services. Level three, I'll get back to level two, but level three is where the PBM contractually uh, guarantees to a net 
ingredient or acquisition costs uh, for prescription drugs contractually guarantees uh, to pass through all rebate dollars and then generic medications, the costs are more competitive than you would normally see. And then the payer is afforded the opportunity uh, uh, to, to, to be able to go in and uh, do an audit, right? So that, and, and level two is a combination of those two, right, right in the middle. Fiduciary and all three levels still give the, the, the payer an opportunity to hide cash flow at all three levels. It's just level one, the opportunities are much larger and level three, they're much less. But with a fiduciary standard, it's contractually written that the, uh, the PBM uh, will perpetually, this is my definition of fiduciary, will perpetually eliminate all hidden costs. That's a definition you won't find in the dictionary, but that's what it means to me uh, as a PBM providing services to self-funded employers and then also a pharmacy who's reimbursed by PBMs. Excellent. I like the succinct of that. Um, makes sense to me. Um, what are some other PBM-related challenges stakeholders, including patients, pharmacies, employers, are currently tack- tack- kind of currently tackling in today's age? Well, the one that really uh, jumps off uh, at me, Todd, is uh, is the consolidation. Uh, we alluded to it uh, just a bit ago, but the consolidation. Uh, I, I think is going to be a big challenge. You know, you read about it in the newspaper and it, it doesn't hit home uh, from a patient perspective uh, until you're told that uh, a pharmacy you once were able uh, to, to patronage, you no longer can, right? So from a patient perspective, uh, you know, maybe limited pharmacy networks, uh, particularly with the specialty networks, right? Everyone wants to own the supply chain. I call it the defragmentation of pharmacy, right? So from a patient perspective, uh, uh, maybe limited networks. From a pharmacy perspective, lower reimbursements, right? I mean, you have less competition low or reimbursements it's on the horizon uh you know and it's going to do us no good to complain about it um you know we you know as from a pharmacy perspective um we've we've got to deal with it and and be able to find a way to fight through it uh, and still help patients and make a little bit of money but from a self-funded employer's perspective uh costs are going to go up right with the consolidation in my opinion, uh, costs are, are going to go up. I've already talked about what are the implications for rising costs. If employers' costs go up, patients' cost share go up. Cost share goes up, so do inpatient hospital visits. Right. So the so the entire value chain uh, is affected. And I know you're going to hear, uh, you, you know, Todd, yeah, you know with the consolidation prices are gonna come down and, and maybe they will, 
Uh, but you know, for me and, and what, I sh what, what I share with folks is, you know, hope for the best, plan for the worst. Right, exactly. You know, I've been, um, I've been following your blog at transparentrx.com, The Payer's Guide to Managing Pharmacy Costs. And um, I encourage listeners, just as follow-up, go to transparentrx.com um, and, and take a look at that. But um, So in closing, is there anything else that you have to, to share with our listeners regarding this uh, very sensitive subject? I, I, I do, Todd. And I'm going to ask you to just, and the listeners, to just hang in there with me uh, for, you know, just for a second. Uh, it, it'll make sense. But... Um, I want to draw a comparison to, to what um, to what's going on now uh, in the industry in terms of you know the, the, the lack of transparency and, and again I get it uh, you know you're, you're a public entity the first goal is shareholder value I get it as a pharmacy we've got to fight through it find a way to be successful that notwithstanding but I want to draw a comparison uh, to the the General Motors um, uh, ordeal uh, with uh, with the airbag, right? And and listen, I'm not making making this up. Uh, it was in the USA Today. I, I still have the article uh, with me. Um, but essentially, GM found out about uh, the airbag malfunction ten years before it was brought to the attention of of outsiders, the the federal government, and and GM would hold they held these meetings where people would nod in agreement to some sort of solution, but then leave the room and not take any action, right? It was called, the, the GM nod is what it was called. They would leave the room and not take any action. But I do believe the GM would not, they would have, taken action had they known what the result of the non-action was going to be and that was lives yep lives were lost because of their inability to take action to come to agreement from a, 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 a i think it's from, from a pharmacy perspective todd and, and the reimbursements and everything that, you, that you're fighting for and, and what your listings are fighting for i think it starts with the employer because employers fund the bulk of the supply chain, the pharmaceutical supply chain. They fund the bulk of it, excluding the federal government. They're number two, right? To continually excessively pay for pharmacy benefit services. To say that you were unaware is no longer an excuse, but to continually excessive, excessively remunerate for pharmacy benefit services means that you're going to ask patients to pay more. And when those patients pay more, they become non-adherent. When they become non-adherent, they visit the hospital more. They visit emergency rooms more. I'm going to ask folks not to do the GM nod. Take accountability. Seek a fiduciary standard from your pharmacy benefit manager. It helps all stakeholders involved, patients and pharmacies, 
in your business. Wow, that's uh, that's a w- great way to close, and uh, actually, it makes me want to uh, to to develop additional dialogue and have you back on the show as a thought leader in this space. Um, hope that you'll you'll come back to the pharmacy podcast and give us some additional insight. Anytime. Thank you. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. We were on with Mr. Tyrone Squires. He is a PBM expert and and knowledge uh, professional. He is the founder of TransparentRx.com. Take a look at the blog, as I said, The Payer's Guide to Managing Pharmacy Costs. And we thank you for listening.